1: Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We pushed our triple option feature to this first segment here. And uh, it's triple option. It's our top takes on today's top stories. And we I probably should have asked prior to just starting to talk. But who wants to go first? Colin, you got something? I do. I do. I do. Uh, we, here we go. I,
2: have we mentioned it at all? The Jimmy Garoppolo news? Did we say anything? Probably no. not. No? Okay. I, d- if you... I tend
1: to not talk about Raiders quarterbacks.
2: It's just, it's interesting to me. It's interesting to me. Plus, it's like the only thing that yeah. happened today Tell in the us NFL. What so, uh, obviously, if you guys heard, Jimmy Garoppolo has been suspended for two games starting next year. And according to reports from uh, Adam Schefter uh, and ESPN, they're also planning to release him. He hasn't been released yet, but they plan to do it. His uh, violation uh, is a policy violation of the PED law. Yeah. Uh, Supposedly, he was using a prescribed medication without having a valid therapeutic use exemption in the league for it okay. which doesn't sound too bad but you know you break a break a rule but really i want to bring it up because i mentioned to it both of y'all earlier that like I, this might be curtains on him starting in the nfl i i mentioned my analogy was a venn diagram and on one circle you have teams that need a qb and on the other circle you have teams who are in a position to get one whether it's with the draft whether it's with trades whatever and a lot of teams aren't in one circle they're in both and most of the teams that would be in a position to need a QB already have another avenue they already have another route other options to get someone better or cheaper I really think if Jimmy G is in the NFL next year he's back up
1: yeah and I mean it's not like he got benched for Pat Mahomes like he's in the Alex Smith part of the Alex Smith career where you're like okay yeah we're gonna move on to somebody better they benched him for Aiden Aiden O'Connell yep Let's be real. Like I, you know, I'm, I'm all, I love Purdue as much as the next guy, but uh, Aiden (laughs) O'Connell is a. I don't think he's a starter in the NFL either. I mean, he so. had
2: that he had that one game with the with the Chargers, but uh, –
1: I think that was a lot more about <laughs> yeah, the Chargers.
2: Yeah,
0: that was a lot more, <laughs> more
1: about the Chargers. Than anything else. All right, Charlie, to you want –
0: Antonio Pierce, just staying on the Raiders real quick. How he closed out the yep. year, and now they're giving him the shot after what happened with Rich Pisaccia a couple of years ago. Yeah. He gets into the playoffs. They don't promote him from interim to head coach, but they did it with Antonio Pierce. I know a little bit of a strong army by Max Crosby saying that he wouldn't – Sign an extension with the Raiders if Antonio Pierce wasn't the head coach, but they're giving him a shot. I like it. I, I think it's a good fit there, given how the Raiders ended the season. All right, guys, I got a fun fact for
1: you. Oh, so that wasn't your take? No, no, no. Okay. no, I was just no.
0: Building no. Off of the Raiders. Uh, <laughs> right. LSU baseball. You want to guess how many consecutive season opening wins they've had? <laughs> one.
2: No. It, uh, I know that's, that's twenty three. That oh, that's what. Oh, ah, twenty three consecutive season opening
0: yesterday. wins. The last loss the Tigers had in a season opener was February tenth, two thousand one when LSU dropped a 9-8 to decision to Kansas State in their original Ackbox Stadium. Shout-out to Bill Frankez for that cool wow. tidbit. Uh, the Tigers get out to a pretty decent start with a three-run shot by Jared Jones today. Uh, 3 nothing lead, and then Thatcher heard things kind of spiral out of control for him in the third inning. But then LSU, you know, we said five hit batters and six at-bats in that, in that sixth inning that ended up plating five runs. Uh, So they end up pulling out a big 11 to eight win to start the season against a pretty pesky VMI squad guys. But now I'm looking at what's next. And this is my point. I've been building up to this (laughs) Luke Holman, who we talked with just now with uh, Jeff Palermo about, I think that he's going to end up being the Friday night guy. I I know that we had mentioned that last hour, but Luke Holman, the transfer from Alabama, the ace from the Crimson tide when they were the 16th seed, just this past year, um, He was so outstanding for them. I I mean, his numbers are really solid in the first place. Seven and four record with about a three and a half ERA, eighty-seven strikeouts, and eighty-one innings pitched for Alabama. And I think that you'll see something similar from him this year. There's been an influx of transfers in the SEC that are just staying in the SEC. Like it's one thing to have you know a player from the Pac-12 or the Big 12 or even the ACC transfer over to the SEC because that's just the premier conference in college baseball. But players are jumping from team to team, and Luke Holman's one of those guys. He was an ace for Alabama. Now he's moving to LSU, the national champion, defending national champion, and he's starting on Saturday. I don't think it's going to be very long before he potentially becomes a Friday guy. And I, I don't have anything against that, heard I think he'll be a really solid pitcher. I think that the, today was just uh, a little bit of bad luck, I would say. Walking the nine-hole hitter, especially with two outs, is just one of the worst things that any coach wants to hear in baseball. Ends up being four hit straight hits out of that ends up being four runs, and then he gets pulled in the third inning. You don't want to see that from your Friday guy. Uh, I think Thatcher will completely bounce back from this. That's not what I'm saying at all. But Luke Holman, I just have a really high hopes for him. And another guy, Gage Jump, you saw him in the ninth inning today. Three, three batters faced, three batters sat down, two strikeouts in the process. He was outstanding in his LSU debut. Uh, him and Cam Johnson are two really talented lefties that I think you'll see develop into potential weekend rotational guys as the season progresses. But as Palermo said in our last hour interview with him, give it time. Like this is a guy that's going to for Gage jump coming off of Tommy John surgery. Um, I didn't imagine that he might've been a starter for this opening weekend series, but I'm like, if he was maybe pitch a couple innings, but starting him out in that closer role, I think is pretty interesting. Uh, but he's a guy that I think can definitely work his way up to being a starter, especially as the season progresses. Cam Johnson, on the other hand, What Palermo said about him earlier, I completely agree with. He's super talented. He's a guy that we all want to see immediately. But at the same time, he's a freshman coming into the program. Same thing with Jump. Give him some time, and I think he might be a really good weekend option as well
1: yeah i do want to take some credit here we were talking off air i think lsu was down what seven to six yeah, yeah this, is, this is pretty and funny i was like you know what i think uh i, I don't know i think vmi is gonna implode here
0: i almost mentioned that to jeff <laughs> palermo is, but i almost called it a jinx but it wasn't a jinx you just kind of called it <laughs> like you, you imagine like yeah we'll see what you know vmi's bullpen
1: does next next thing i know five hit batters it, five six, bats. six batters. <laughs> yeah it's tough oh, man anyway uh, all right, so let me let me close this out here by being a being a Homer, and, and I'm going to be a Homer from where I where I came from, which is UConn, baby, the UConn men's basketball team. So tomorrow, if you're not doing anything, sitting at home, 2 p.m., UConn Marquette, number one in the country versus number four in the country. You you want to see Peace, a, baby, the best team in the nation go on the road and take apart a top five team because that's <laughs> what's going to happen. I am willing to sit here right now and guarantee you that this Yukon team is in the final four. I, I don't
0: disagree about you know tomorrow either with the Marquette game. I, I watched Marquette play at St. John's, so this was actually late January. It's been already three weeks, which is hard to believe. They were not very impressive, Jeff. Yep. I, I know that they're the number four team in the country right now. At that point they were the number 17 squad. They've moved their way up the rankings with a couple wins in a row. Uh, they're on their own winning streak, and this is going to be a huge game for them against UConn.
1: Yeah, they need to win it. Yeah,
0: for yeah. sure. But I just haven't been super impressed by Marquette. Like, they're a four seed as of now. I don't know how long that's going to last. They they are climbing up the rankings right now, an 18-5 and record. But UConn, with a 22-2 and record, a top, the AP top 25, I would expect them to take down. Market. And they've
1: been number one for like a month. Yeah, it's been you know, a while. If you want to watch the team that is is the best team in the country, go watch UConn. And and the amazing thing about it, you, you watch college basketball. We talked about this yesterday. One of the things about college basketball that's enjoyable is a lot of these teams are just, they play bad. And they like have these stretches where they can't make a shot and they they don't get good shots and they don't run the right offense and they don't really have a ton of sets. But then you watch UConn play. And it's like you understand why they do not lose to anyone that is not like Kansas at home because they just run such efficient and smart basketball. They're just getting good shot, good shot, good shot. And eventually it's just too much. It's just waves on the beach. And they're beating teams by like 40. They beat Xavier by 40. Xavier's a tournament team. Yeah. Uh, Like this is Danny Hurley is going to – we're going to be talking about Danny Hurley as one of like the best coaches of all time in a couple of years. Because he's built a machine And it's not really relying on big-name transfers, right? Like, it's not like you're going after the one-and-done guys. They do have a lottery pick. Stephon Castle, probably going to be a top-ten pick. He's getting better and better as the season goes on. But he's not, like, a flashy guy. He just defends. He reminds me of Jalen Brown. You
0: mentioned Kansas. That's another team I wanted to talk about as far as college basketball goes. I think they're vastly overrated. They're currently the sixth team in the country.
1: Because they beat UConn at home. Well, also yeah. because they
0: beat Houston yeah. at home. And yes. Houston's the number three team right now, but they beat Houston just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, they've lost two of their last three games, one coming on the road against Kansas State, and they just got blown out of the like – they, they got walked out of the gym at mm-hmm. Texas Tech. You know, that game wasn't close. They lost by 30 points. So seeing them as the number six team in the country, I imagine that that's going to go down after this week. They're going to be playing at Oklahoma, the number t- 25 team in the country, uh, tomorrow afternoon. I just don't see a lot from Kansas, Jeff. I, maybe I'm wrong. I, from what I've heard from Kansas fans, a lot of them are kind of praising Bill Self for the coaching job he does because this team isn't super talented. I mean, Hunter Dickinson, the transfer from Michigan, is like the yeah. premier player on that roster. The kind center. Kevin McCullough is really good. But, I mean, it's just I don't see much from this Kansas squad. And it's, it's just kind of surprising to me that they're still in the top ten.
1: Well, so the funny thing to me about Kansas, and it's you could say this about Duke as well, you know, when one of your biggest advantages is home court, mm. That's not a great thing in college basketball because all your biggest games are played at neutral sites. Correct. So, like, yeah, I can't – it's really difficult to walk into, you know, what is it, Fog Allen, whatever it is, uh, their their arena and beat them. But I don't have to do that to win the NCAA tournament. I just have to beat you in, you know, Brooklyn or you know, wherever, right? Like, I have to beat you in the Superdome. I have to beat you at NRG Stadium. And you don't have that crazy home court advantage with the student section breathing on the players, Right. So that's why you look at UConn, you look at what they were able to do in the tournament. They struggled in Big East play because the teams that knew how to play them and, and game plan for them. But then you get into it's it, those neutral site games. It's all about executing and, you know, not letting the moment be too big. And that's where it's like, OK, if you rely so much on your home court to win games, you're going to get into those situations and you're not going to be at your best.
0: This is a month in advance, so it's kind of funny to talk about it, but. Kansas is likely going to end up being like a two or maybe a three seed in the NCAA tournament.
1: I think Uh, they end up being a one. You you think so? Yeah, I think they're going to win the Big 12.
0: I I could maybe see Houston still taking it because the Big 12 tournament is going to be played on a neutral site. Like you were saying, it's not going to be played at Kansas. uh, And Houston could potentially bounce back and win that tournament. Uh, They lost by 13 to Kansas just a couple weeks ago. Uh, Kansas is one of those teams that's, like, on upset alert for me once tournament play comes around, unless they really show me something over the next couple weeks leading into the Big 12 tournament. Like, if they go on a run and they really impress in the Big 12 tournament, I'll change my tune. But as of now, not really impressed, Jeff.
1: No. Well, I mean, that's the thing. It's it's really tough, especially with college teams these years, now with the Transfer Portal, because all these teams are trying to incorporate starters that just showed up. It's like free agency in college. And and in in football, there's, you know, so many players that you can kind of filter that in. In basketball, it's like you have, what, an eight, nine-man rotation? So if you're working in three transfers into a nine-man rotation, that's a third of your roster Mm -hmm. that just showed up that's learning. So a lot of times, these teams won't be at their best until you know the conference play comes around and then the conference play is funny because you can't really look at that too closely because it's the only time all year outside of the preseason tournaments that you end up having to play games on back to back to back to back days so winning your conference tournament isn't necessarily about being the best ncaa tournament team it's about who can survive four games in four nights
0: so it's funny looking at the top teams in college basketball right now the current ap top 25 poll connecticut Number one, as you said, they've been number one for a while now. I don't think there's many questions about them. Twenty-two and two overall, Uh, they had a majority of the first place votes with 45, and then Purdue's the only other team that got first place votes with 16. Matt Painter is uh, he and March do not coexist very well. Like if you want to talk about some coaches that have great success in March, it's not really Matt Painter and the Purdue Boilermakers. Well, what
1: you can say is the last time a 16 seed got upset by a one was Matt Painter's Purdue Boilermakers. No, it was for well, I'm, I'm talking about prior to purdue okay so purdue got upset this past season right by st peter's yeah,
0: correct well, no no it wasn't st peter's it was um oh shoot i'm forgetting fairly dickinson yes
1: yeah okay so the last time that a team prior to them the first time ever that a team got upset as a one seed was, mm-hmm. was um umbc, UMBC UN, maryland baltimore county yeah right and so they lose they're the one seed they get upset the next season they come back and they, they win, win the whole championship
0: thing. yeah and they actually beat the purdue boilermakers on yeah. that run
1: so if you're if you're looking for a reason to say okay purdue this is their year you're gonna be like they it's did because it.
0: they lost to a 16 seed last year yeah, yeah. i mean Zach get, it's still the right of passage right, so. The seven footer center that just dominates every single team that he plays. So. It's going to
1: be fascinating if UConn and, and Purdue end up playing because Donovan Klingon, the 7 2 guy versus Zach Eade. He's the only guy in the NCAA that's going to make Donovan Klingon look small, is, is Zach Eadie. I both of these guys are like fringe NBA prospects, so they're just going to stay in college forever. Yeah.
0: But my point was there's a lot of teams in that top 10 right now that have a lot of question marks. Oh, yeah. So no, it no should question. make for a very fun March Madness
1: in about a month always always fun my birthday month i get into it i'm excited i do have jury duty do you do so. one bracket i i do i do one bracket one bracket because i just want to root for it like okay. I, I i know people that do like five brackets but yeah like, that's a little bit much you end up rooting against yourself like i just want to i just want to pick something and root for those teams occasionally
0: i'll do like two like one that i think is going to happen and then one that just bonkers a bunch of upsets and stuff like that and You know, sometimes one's better than the other. If I do two different
1: brackets, it's because I forgot my picks in the first one and I tried to do them, but I screwed them up. Last year, I won our work bracket because I picked UConn to win it all. There you go. Yeah, that's uh, because that final
0: four was very weird. It was UConn, Miami, San uh, Diego State, FAU, and San Diego State. Yeah, Yeah, I don't think anyone really predicted that.
1: Nope. Come to the FAU hashtag. Uh, All right, we're gonna hit the break here. That was our triple option segment. Really, kind of got got away from us there. I became a talk about the NCAA basketball segment, but
0: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5g network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning right now. Families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon. When they switch, visit your local T-Mobile store today.